We started talking on signs and wonders um, at the beginning of the year. And I'm going to go ahead and talk again on signs and wonders again this evening. And um, you know what? We've just been looking at that signs and wonders in the Word of God. And, and just been looking at it's God's will for signs and wonders. It's God's will for healing. It's God's will for miracles. And you know what? You, you can't help. If you read the book of Acts, you can't, you can't read the book of Acts without being struck with the awareness that God is a supernatural God. And the church is the same as it was then. We're just in the latter end of the church, but we're still in the, in the same church. And so what was good at the beginning of the church is good for the end of the church as well. It's good for all the church. And there's always been moves of God. And I'll tell you, it's, it's really been in me, um, stirring in me. And I know it's stirring in a lot of ministers. I, I've been talking to several ministers. And I know just by talking to ministers, they're, they're saying the same thing. There's a real stirring in them. There's a real hunger in them for, uh, for what God's doing. And God's never changed. But you know what? We, we are becoming aware of what God's looking to do at this present moment in time. And you know what? I just, I just feel like ministered into that. Um, and have been coming into this year just talking on signs and wonders. But I'm telling you, God is a supernatural God. And I'm believing to see great things um, in my life. And I'm believing to see great things in your life. And I'm believing to see great things in the church. All over this island. North, south, east and west. And I tell you, God's doing great things. And, and, and you know what? There's going to be ministers get a hold of this um, over the, the next, this year and the next couple of years. And are going to really get a hold of believing God for more. Amen. And God is doing great things. But you know what? I got looking at um, several things last week. I started to look at this part of the message. Um, that God wants your body. And um, God does want your body. God wants to use your body. And I was saying last week that your body is a lethal weapon. And in God's hands it can accomplish so much. And that God is doing everything through human beings. Um, let me just look at a couple of these scriptures here again. Look, look over in um, Chronicles chapter 16 here. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those or behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. God's eyes are running to and through, through throughout the whole earth. And he's looking for people that he can use. Why? Because God always does things through people. It's just the way God has it set up. Again, over in Genesis, I'll not read through all of this, but in Genesis chapter 1 here, in verse 26, God put man in authority in the earth, and God gave man dominion and authority. That's why God is always looking for someone to work through. God is not working independent of man. And that's what I want to show tonight. I'll get into that in a second. But God is not working independent of man. God's using people like you and people like me. And here's something else. God is not using perfect people. God's using imperfect people that are born again on the inside. But they're, you know, they're, they haven't got it all together. But they're growing and they're walking with him. And they're just spending time and believing that God could use them. You know what, if you had to be perfect for God to use you, none of us would ever be used. Because we're all growing. Yeah, all of us are. I always say it's like being fat. And you know, you try and, you try and wear something to, you know, <laughs> cover up the fat. And so you try and tie it all in. But you know what, it's going to pop out somewhere. And you know what, here's the reality. If I win it, you know, you, you put something on you here and your neck's going to get bigger because all the fat's moving up. And do you know what the reality of it is? You know, you get one area of your life together and you think, oh, I have it perfect, boy, and it's just like something else pops out. 
And it's because God's always working in our lives. We're never going to arrive where we're perfect, but you keep growing. And what you can do is you can become mature. You just, you grow and you, and you mature in God. And the more we go on, we should become more and more mature. But how do you get more mature? You just stay in the Word. Amen. Just stay in the Word. Just keep eat. If you just keep eating, you'll grow. Amen. That's naturally. But if you keep staying in the Word, you'll grow spiritually as well. But what I'm saying here is God uses people. So, you know, you want to see a move of God? Start looking in the mirror. Amen. And saying, God, use me. Or go and pray. You want to move of God, you'll pray. If you're hungry for a move of God, you'll start praying. Because you want to hear from God. You want to get direction from God. Prayer doesn't twist God's arm up his back. God's hands are out. They're open. But prayer allows us to spend time with God and, and get God's heart, get God's vision for our life. And so that we can be more and more used by God. Amen. Um, over in Psalms 115 and ver verse 15, it says, You are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth, the heavens, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth has he given to the children of men. God give this earth to us. God put man in authority in the earth. And if God wants to do anything, he looks for someone that he can use. That's why his eyes are running to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking for someone that he can use. And you know when someone gets serious and says, God, I want a move of God. Or God, I'm going to turn my heart towards you. And God, you know what? You're number one in my life. You're my priority. God, I want what you um, want for my life. And you start getting serious. That's when you start seeing God moving in and through your life. And that's when we start to see moves of God in the, in the earth. And that can be in any arena of our lives. Amen. Depends on what we're called to. Oh, Amos 3 and verse 7. It says here, Surely the Lord will do nothing, but he reveals his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. And I was saying last week that there was a famous John Wesley quote. That John Wesley said, It seems God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. He took note of that. And really, here's what he really, he, he worked out that, that, you know what, God, nothing happens until somebody comes and says, God, use me. Or God, what is it you want done? Or start seeking God. And he realized nothing happens in the earth. Nothing happens for humanity until somebody turns their heart towards God. And, uh, you know, you know uh, it, it, to me, this here puts... Well, I go here. Yeah, I may as well. To me, this puts a real spanner in the works of when you talk about the sovereignty of God. Now, the sovereignty of God is a massive subject. And, um, you know, is God sovereign? Yes, God is sovereign. Sovereign is number one. Sovereign, nobody tells him what to do. But here's the thing. God and his sovereignty can make choices. And the Bible says that God has magnified his word above all his name. So well, God in his sovereignty has still given us things that we can go by so that we can know what God will do. Okay? God's always going to do what his word says. Okay? God, you know, God made everything that, uh, that, has or, uh, that has order to it. You look at everything in this universe and there's order. But I'm telling you, God is a God of order as well. And when, you, when God gives you a word, you can base your life upon it. Now, is God sovereign? Yes. But God in his sovereignty has set things up a certain way. And here's one of the things God has done. God has set up man and put man in authority in the earth. And God in his sovereignty has said, if you want something to happen, well then you come and ask me. You want something to happen in the earth, you turn your heart towards me. And this is the way God works. 
Now, sovereignty of God is a big subject. That's why I'm not going to get into it tonight. But you know what? Sometimes people are waiting for a sovereign move of God. Have you ever heard that? Do you know God move with your sovereign hand? That's not the way God's moving. God put man in authority in the earth. And that's what John Wesley was saying here. It seems like God can do nothing. If you leave things just up and say, oh, God, do it by your sovereignty. He realized nothing gets done. But I'll tell you when things do get done, when people turn their heart to God and get in tune with God and start being led by the Spirit of God and allowing God to invade their life, they will start to invade their world. If you spend time with God and let God invade your life, you will invade your world. Amen. So it's, not, it's not sitting back and waiting for God to do something. God already done something. God sent Jesus 2,000 years ago and he sent the Holy Ghost. And you know what? We can turn our hearts to the Lord. Amen. It's like in salvation. There's a lot of people who are waiting for God to save them. And it doesn't work that way. You have to call on the name of the Lord. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. You sit waiting for God to save you. You'll, you'll go without him for the rest of your life. But at any time, Jesus has already died for your salvation. He already paid the price for your salvation. All you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. That's, that's it. And it's just so simple. But religion complicates it. And then leaves everything up to the sovereignty of God. You know, when it talks about predestination and stuff like that, and, and the word of God, it's only in the scripture a couple of times predestination. And every time when it talks about predestination, it's talking about those that God foreknew. And predestination is based on God's foreknowledge. It lets us know that God, God knows. Do you know God knows everything? Do you know God's not bound by time? God lives in eternity. God can see the next 50 years like we can see today, better than we can see today. Okay? God, God knows the future. And predestination is based on the, the foreknowledge of God, that God in his foreknowledge, he knows what will happen, but people still have to call upon the name of the Lord. Amen? You know, God knows every decision that we're going to make for our life, but how many of you know you still have to make your decisions? Anyway, that's a big subject, and I'm going to get off it pretty quick. Look over here in John M5, and then I'll, I'll start heading into what we're going to look at this evening. But again, it's going to be a follow-on to what we're talking about here. But John 5, and in verse 26, look what it says here. This is talking about Jesus here. It says, For the Father has given... For as the Father has life in himself, so has he given the Son to have life in himself. And look at this. And has given him authority to exercise judgment because he is the Son of God. Is that what it says? No, no it says because he is the Son of what? Man. Do you know why Jesus had authority in this planet? Because he came into this planet in a physical body. God gave this planet over to man. And for, for, for God to have access into this planet, he's always looking for people to work through. But I tell you, when Jesus showed up in a physical body, that was God manifest in the flesh. And as I was saying last week, Satan was in big trouble when God showed up manifest in the flesh. Amen? He's in major trouble. But what I'm I want to show you here is just to see here what it says. It said, Jesus had authority because he was the son of Man. Why? Because man's in authority in the earth. And if God wants to do anything in this planet, he's looking for someone to work through. But God's looking for people like you and people like me. 
That's what I'm saying. See, a lot of people are looking out there, out, outside of the walls or outside of the church. Not that God just does things in the church, but I'm just talking about people inside the church, okay? But a lot of people are looking out there and say, God, you go and do something. You ever hear people say out there, do you know, God, God I just send your spirit. No, God, God, that's not the way God works. God's sending people. So a lot of people are looking for a move of God, but they're looking for God to do it independent of man. Now, when it came to your salvation, God just didn't do it independent of, of a man. He actually had to send Jesus and become a man in order to save you. So if that was for salvation, I'm telling you, everything that happens in this planet, God finds someone that he can work through. So I, I, I think he's found people in here that he can work through. People, you know, you know, you're a move of God wherever you go. Amen. People say, I'm looking for a move of God. You need to, that's what I'm saying. You need to start looking in the mirror and getting up and saying, God lives on the inside of me. I'm a move of God. I'm a move of God everywhere I go. When I open up my eyes, I'm a move of God today. I'm a move of God wherever I go. God, bring people across my path. See, God will line you up with people. But you're the one coming. You're the move of God. The move of God's in you. God will direct you because you're hearing from Him and you're walking with Him. And that's the way we need to live our lives. We need to see that we're a move of God. The Holy Spirit lives in who? Me. Yeah. We need to see it. Make that personal. The Holy Spirit came to live in you. He came to live in me. He came to live in every one of us that are born again of the Spirit of God. He lives on the inside of us. He has made His abode in us, His home in us. So we've God living in us. So if we want a move of God, God's in us. We need to move. We need to just allow God to use us. And that's where like, being led by the Spirit becomes so important. Being, being, being sensitive to God's voice. Sometimes God will lead you unconsciously because you've just been asking Him and He's just leading you. But you know what? But that comes because you're, you're definite in your, your request to God and you're saying, God, use me. You get up in the morning, God, I'm, I'm available for you, God. God, I want to be used today. Lord, bring me across the right people's paths. Put the words in my mouth to speak. Um, fill my heart today. And stay full of the Holy Ghost. Many times we're trying to win this world and we're trying to win this world with programs. But you know what? We didn't get a program sent to us. We got a person sent to us. And if we want to change our world, we need to do it under the influence of the Spirit of God. Not, there's nothing wrong with programs. But what I am saying is do it everything under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Because He came to reveal Jesus and He came to make an impact in people's lives. Amen. Now, um, you know, I've got two kids, okay? And my kids... The both of them are complete opposites in their personality. Now, they're as thick as thieves like most brothers and sisters. But in their personalities, they're completely different. And you probably can see the same in your kids. You can look at all of your kids and they're all different. You know, you sometimes go to certain kids depending on what it is because each child is different in how, in how they view life and their passions and their desires. Even how they talk, everything, like how, how they communicate. But you know what? My kids are complete opposites. You see, Alexis, Alexis is a real independent girl. I mean, we keep Alexis going because some of Alexis' favourite words are, I do it myself. So she'll say, yeah, even whenever she's a child, you try to feed her, she would hold her mouth closed. I wouldn't let you feed her. But if you set the, the spoon down, she'd pick it up and feed herself. Right from a child. In actual fact, when Alexis was born, the, the, the midwife says to me, says, I can't believe that child is lifting her head up off the mattress. She says, that doesn't normally happen. 
She was actually lifting her own head up off the mat, like as if, what's going on? Let me get a look around. Because she's independent. Okay? Tyler's the opposite. Whenever, like, a, you know, from a child, like Tyler would have been more dependent. You know, he, he doesn't mind you doing things for him. Now, he'll do some things himself and all the rest with like any other child. But you know what? Tyler doesn't mind that as much whereas Alexis does. Alexis would turn around and she'd say, and she actually, she made us laugh there a couple of weeks ago because she's trying to figure everything out. And she's saying, when I'm older, she says, I want a baby. But she says, but I don't want a husband. So she's, she's, no, she's only eight years of age. She hasn't, she hasn't it all worked out. Well, so she was thinking, you know what? I'll get a husband and get a baby and then get rid of him. That's what she said to us the other week. <laughs> I'll kick him out. And she says, because I want to live in my own house. And she says, I'm going to get a couple of huskies. So she has the names and everything picks the huskies. I'll get a couple of huskies and I'm going to live in my own house. So I says to her, can I come over and see it? Yeah, you can come over and see me. She says, but, but then you can go home again. <laughs> I says, well, are you not going to put a bed in the house for me? No, no, you can go home to your own bed. She's just independent. And, but you know what? Those two attitudes, and I'm just saying like... Uh, uh, Every child is different, okay? And we all have different traits. And, but I'm talking about in God. Do you see those two attitudes? None of them are right in God, okay? Now, it's okay in your own personality, okay? Growing up. But when it comes to your relationship with God, some people have the attitude of, I do it myself, okay? So they're out there and they're going to do it. Do you understand? So I'm going to get it. Just let me out it. I'm going to do it. That'll not get the job done in God, Okay? Then there's some people, the other attitude, and they're so dependent that they're sitting back and they're saying, God, you do it. But you know, it's a combination of those two. And that's what I want to bring out here for a moment this evening, because you see, God's not working independent of you, or God's not working independent of the body of Christ. His body is in the earth. We are his arms and we are his legs, okay, in the earth. And God's going to move through us. So if we're saying, God, we just are out there on our own strength and our own ability and saying, I don't need any help, I'm going to do it. That's wrong because then we're not drawn from God. We're not, we're not relying on the grace of God. We're not drawn from His strength. Sometimes people are just, let me at it. And they're, let me at it to the point where they don't even go and seek God. They don't ask God, what is it you have for me? Because they have it all figured out. Sometimes you can have even the right scriptures. You can have the right principles, but you need God to lead you in them. Okay? Lead you in your everyday life. That's why it's important to be led by the Holy Ghost every day in your life. He came to lead and guide you. We have a guide. In actual fact, the Bible says man's goings are off the Lord. So how can a man then understand his own ways? If we go out and say, I'm going to do it, we'll end up trying to do it ourselves and we won't get it done. But on the other hand, if we're sitting back and saying, God, you do it, you do it, you do it, it'll not get done either. Do you understand? And there is, sometimes that's the two ditches that many times people get into. But here's the reality of it. God's going to use your body. But he's going to be doing it, but he's going to be doing it through you. That's the key and that's where we need to get to. What did Paul say in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20? It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Paul said, it's, it's Jesus who's living in me. He's living in and through my life. And you need to realize in your life as well, Jesus is living in and through your life. And if God's going to do anything in this earth, He's going to do it in and through His body. So it's not a matter of just saying, I'm going to do it, or, you know, God, you do it. No, it's, it's God, will, God, you do it through me. 
Okay? Do it through me. Show me. Lead me. Guide me. God, I'm going to spend time with you, Lord. And you're going to reveal your plans and your purposes for my life. And your plans and your purposes for this area. And your plans and, and your purposes for this country. You're going to reveal that th through me. You're going to start leading and guiding me. That's the way we need to pray. And you pray that with your gift, okay? And you know, we're all different in our giftings. So you need to pray that in your gift and God, you show me. Now we're talking about signs and wonders, but you can apply that to any area of your life. You can apply that to everything. You can apply that to, to marriage. You can apply that to relationships. You can apply that to friendships. You can apply that to your job. Jobs to take, jobs not to take. All different things. To business, ideas, God, you show me. Amen? And all of these things, that, that, you know, it's seeking God and asking God's, for God's direction in your life. Now, let me just show a couple of these scriptures here this evening. Praise God. I had, I had, to, I had a quote written down here today that, I, I, you know, I, I had real heavy on my heart this afternoon, and that is get in the game. And you know what? We need to get in the game. Some of you are sitting in the back waiting for God. You know, God's waiting for us, but do it with Him. Okay? Get in the game. Amen. Now, here in Acts 10, verse 37, it says, um, it says, That word that I say unto you, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee, after the baptism which um, John preached, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. I want you to see here, Jesus is our example. He's always our example. Now you look at Jesus, he was a man, he was, he was God, but he came here as a man, okay? And he was baptized in the Holy Ghost, and then he went about doing good. So he's showing a pattern here. Do you know what? He was baptized in the Holy, he just didn't go, he waited until he had the power of God. And then he went. And do you know what? It's the same with us, we're not just going, okay? We're going with God. Okay? It's not just saying, I'm going. You see, that's where you get into the flesh. That's where you get into works. That's where you become driven instead of being led. Led means you're spending time with God allowing God to direct your life. Driven is, I'm so eager to get at it that I'm out there. And you end up doing it in your own strength and your own ability. But God wants you to be led in your life. So led comes by spending time with Him. And you see this with Jesus. Jesus, you look at his whole life. I'm not going to do that today. But in, in, the, in, the, in the Gospels, you'll see Jesus. He spent time with the Father. He only did what the Father told him to do. Because he, he, he wasn't driven. He was led. Okay? He wasn't driven. He was led. He went and spent time with the Father. He went and asked God every day. You know, and, and drew from him. And um, allowed God to lead his life. Guide his life. That's why he was able to be in... in um, different places uh, uh, with a woman at the well. He knew he needed to be there. I must needs be there. See, he knew he needed to be there. He wasn't just driven. He was led. I need to be here today. So he followed God's leading and God's guiding in his life. And we need to do the same. But what I'm, I'm, I'm showing you here is there was a mighty move of God in Jesus' life. And people say, oh, but he was God. He was God, but he was God manifest in flesh. He did this as a man. He laid aside his heavenly privileges and he came as a man. And he showed us what it was to walk in authority in this earth. How to rule and how to reign. Amen. He showed that to us. Um, but what I want you to see is he went, but he didn't just go. 
He went full of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to know that we need to be the same. We need to be full of the Holy Ghost. If you're going to go, make sure you're filled. Amen. Amen. Be filled. Stay full. Some people say, oh, it's full. I got, I got, full, of, I got full of the Holy Ghost, but you know, that was 10 years ago. But stay full of the Holy Ghost. Again, these are, this is a pattern for us. Look over in, in, in um, Mark 16. And it says here, well, it goes through here talking about go into all the world and preach the gospel, okay? And it goes right through everything. Look down in verse 20 here. But again, this is, it says go. But you just don't go, you go with God, okay? Now, in verse 20, it says here, and they went forth. Look at this. They went forth and preached everywhere. And look at this. The Lord working with them. God's not working apart from us. God's working with us. So you want to move of God, God's going to do it through people. You know, there's a great man of God went home to be with the Lord this week, Billy Graham. And Billy Graham, you know, ministered and packed out stadiums all over the world and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to thousands and thousands and thousands of people. And there was thousands and thousands and thousands of people got saved under his ministry. And there's been thousands of people have been impacted by his life and his ministry. There's people in pulpits today all over the world because of him. Do you know what? There was a move of God, but it came through a person. Those people just didn't get saved. You see? Because the Lord is working with them. And the, the Lord's working with you. And the Lord's working with me. So it's not, it's not God on his own. And it's not you on your own. It's a partnership of you and God. It's his body working together. So the Bible says here, the Lord working with them. Amen. I'm going to show us over and over again this evening. I want to just show like a message and it'll be repetitive. But sometimes you need to hear it until you get it. And how many know it's not one scripture you need? you need? You need to see it in the mouth of two or three witnesses for it to be established. Look, look this is just the way it goes over and over again. Look over here in Romans chapter um, 15. And again, this is Paul here talking. But it says here, Romans 15 and verse 18, it says, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me. When he, I'll read it in um, the NLT. It brings it out a bit clearer here. What that means. It says, Yet I dare not boast um, about anything except what Christ has done through me. You see that? I'm not going to talk about anything apart, what, apart from what Christ has done through me. That's what he's saying here in verse, just look up in verse 18 again there, it says, um, of the King James there, it says, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not wrought by me. He's saying, I'm not going to talk about anything that I done, basically. I'm going to talk about the things that Christ wrought through me. What Christ done through me. But notice this here, it's Jesus that does it through you. Okay? And then it goes on here to say, To make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed, through mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. Do you know it was the power of God that did it? But where did that power of God manifest? It manifested through Paul. Just like it's going to manifest through you. 
Just like it's going to manifest through me. Amen? Let me just keep going here. Acts 14. This was whenever Paul and Barnabas returned, returned from Antioch. Um, but it says here, it says, And when they are returned to Antioch, sorry, this was the church. Remember, Paul and Barnabas were in the church in Antioch. They were sent out by the Holy Ghost. And they would go and do their missionary trips, but then they would come back to Antioch again. Okay, and I'm just cutting in. I want to just show his principle here. I don't want to get into the stories per se of the night, but look what it says here. And when they had preached the word in Pergia, they went down to, how do you say that? Antioch. Okay, that's not Antioch. Oh, sorry. <laughs> they went down there anyway, okay? <laughs> Antilla, is that how you say it? Something like that. And then sailed to Antioch, from whence they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work which they fulfilled. You see, if they didn't go, nothing got done. Okay? The Holy Spirit sent them out. In Acts 13, sent them out. And they went on that trip. But everything that was accomplished on that trip was accomplished through Paul and Barnabas. And it says they came back, you know, and, and um, talked about everything that, that they had done. Amen? What about what you have done? So God wants to do great things in your life and you'll be able to tell people what God has done in and through your life. And your great te testimonies, the things that God has done in your life, it may not be like what Paul and Barnabas done on their trip, but you know, you'll be able to tell people about how God moved in your life. Amen. What he, what he brought you through. What he provided for you. Where he took you from. What he's done for you. You'll be able to you have a testimony. And you can tell people what God has done through your life. Amen. Look here in Acts 15. Again, it's the same principle. It says, and, and, and when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and the elders. And they declared all the things, look at this, that God had done with them. Okay? You see, God's confirming the word with signs and wonders following, but he's doing it with the church. He's doing it with us. He's not doing it apart from us. And, and verse 12 as well, it says, And all the multitude kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles. Look at this. By them. You see the principle? It's by you. No need to be looking out there for a move of God. You start to see, I'm a move of God. I have the Holy Ghost in me. Jesus said it was more expedient for, the, for him to go away so that the Holy Spirit could come and live in you so that you could be a move of God. So that you could be a move of God in your street. You could be a move of God with your friends. You could be a move of God in your circle of influence. That you could be a move of God. That God could do mighty things through your life. That God has a plan and a purpose for your life, but it's not going to get done apart from you. But it'll not be done apart from God either. It needs to be the partnership. And God will do great things in your life. Amen. Acts 19. This was when Paul was in Ephesus. He was in Ephesus for many years. A good few years. But he, he, he started off. He went and there was 12 people. And he started um, um, discussing in the synagogue the things of God with different people. And he was there for about three months. And then after that he moved into the school of Tyrannus. The Bible says. And he was there for two years preaching. And how many know signs and wonders follow the preaching of the gospel? 
And that's what he was doing. He was just laying the foundation, giving people the word, just feeding people. Your faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I tell you, you just keep hearing it and faith's coming. And faith's coming. And I tell you, the Bible says that all of Asia heard the word of God. He started to impact that area. And then a move of God broke out. But look what it says here. It says, and God wrought. God worked this, okay? See, it's God's hands. It's God moving. But he's moving through people. It says, and God works special miracles by the hands of Paul. And then it says here, and from his body were taken, you know the story here, aprons and handkerchiefs. And they led those in people, and people's lives were changed because they led these handkerchiefs and aprons. You know why? Because the anointing is transferable. And you see, it was on Paul. And it got on the handkerchiefs and the aprons. And then when they took those and laid them on people, and people got, lives got changed. You know, I heard a story one time of Smith, Smith Wigglesworth. He went and he stayed, and stayed with someone. I mightn't have it all right, but I have the gist of it right, okay? But he went and stayed with someone. And then there was someone in the house not well, but Smith Wigglesworth was leaving the house that day. And they said to, he said to the person, you know, before he left, he says, whatever you do, he says, don't change the sheets on my bed. And the person that wasn't well got in the bed and got healed. <coughs> Amen. They got healed. Why? Because you see, the anointing means it's and the anointing it, it means to smear on, to rub on. It's not it's not a physical um, substance, yet it can be tangible. But you know what? Smith Wigglesworth was an anointed man of God. And I, but I want you to know that when you're full of the Holy Ghost, you're anointed as well. But you need to stay being full. Be being full of the Holy Ghost. We need to stay in that place where, we are, where we're full. The Bible says, be not drunk with wine, we're in his access. But be full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I plan to stay full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> There's a lot of people full every day. But you know what? I'm full every day as well. I'm just full with a different influence. But that's where we're meant to be. Um, again, I'm just showing you this, this over and over again. You see this? Because sometimes people think in their head, oh, I want to move of God. But they're thinking it's going to happen independent of them. Or independent of people. God, you go and do it. God, I send your spirit. And yet God sent his spirit into people. And then when we pray, God can send us. So we should be saying, God, send me. Darling Chuck had that song years ago, Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. That should be our prayer. Here I am, Lord. I'm a move of God. Whatever field that is, can be in business. I'm a move of God in business. In the workplace, I'm a move of God. I'm a move of God working with kids. I'm a move of God working with um, young adults. I'm a move of God wherever I go. I'm a move of God. And for people in ministry, you need to see I'm a move of God. When I stand up, when I stand up to preach, I see it as I'm standing up to preach, but God's preaching through me. Amen. Amen. I'm anointed. I stay conscious and I have to remind myself of that, that I'm conscious of the fact that I'm anointed of God, that God's using me. Um, down here as well it says in verse 19 and when they had saluted them they declared particularly what things God had wrought among the Gentiles by his ministry Do you know I've heard people over the years get offended because someone calls their ministry by their name this is Paul talking about what God done in his life through his ministry 
Do you see, it was Paul's ministry. Paul's the one going and doing the ministering. But it's God backing him. I've heard people say, do you know what, say things like, you know, that's a disgrace. People say like someone like Kenneth Copeland or someone, they call their ministry Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And they get offended with that. No, it's God's ministries. Well, we all know it's God doing the, the ministering. But God's using people. Some people get offended with everything. You know, it's this person's ministry. Why do they have to say it's their ministry? It's just so people can identify who they are. But they're not out there glorifying themselves. Anybody that's truly walking with God and, and, and um, seeking God. and They're allowing God to use their lives. And they'll always give God the glory. Nobody's turning around saying, it's, it's me doing it. Now, when somebody says, it's me, it's my ministry, I'm doing it, it's all me. Well, then, now we've got an issue. But if you, you know, but if you're, if you're giving God all the glory, what's the problem? Some people just look for things to fight over. Some people fall out over the smallest wee things that are not really an issue at the end of the day. Now, Paul had no problem saying it was his ministry. But he said it was God that done it through me. Amen. Now, this was Peter with the, um, the man at the gate. Beautiful. Look what he said. But such as I have, give I unto you. Notice this. He's saying it's coming through me. I have something to give you. And <coughs> um, let me hit, hit the next one there. Um, Stephen. Look what it says here. Stephen as well. Acts um, 6 and verse 8. It says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did wonders and miracles among the people. Look, look at that there. I've highlighted two words there. Stephen did. Who did it? Stephen did it. And you know, if Stephen didn't go, nothing got done. But notice it was Stephen full of what? Full of faith and power. Well, do you know what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does power come? By the, the Holy Spirit. That's the word and the spirit agreeing. You can't do one without the other. If you want to be an effective believer, you can't be an all word person or you can't be an all spirit person. You know, there's a, there's a great saying, all word you'll dry up. All spirit you'll blow up. It's the spirit and the word coming together that causes an impact. So, Phil, or, or, sorry here, Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost. But he was also full of faith. He went in faith, believing, I'm anointed. Amen, I have the power of God on me. Amen, are you anointed? Amen. You may not, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You might be anointed by God for, for, for something different. Don't ever always think like it's the, it's the pulpit. That's where God's moving. God's moving in through his body. Every aspect of his body. So where you fit in, you're anointed. I always say, are some people anointed to pour a cup of tea? Yep. Just anointed to do it. They're anointed to serve, in other words. There's an anointing to serve. Yeah. There's people that are just great at serving. You ever go somewhere and, and you know what, and you meet someone at the door and you just know they are not anointed to greet? Huh? Huh? They look like, you know, you're terrified coming up to them and scare the life out of you. They're not anointed to greet. They're not welcoming. It's just, there's just no gift in there. Yet there's other people and they're just, they're just gifted. I remember when I, when I got saved, there was a wee man in one of the meetings that I went to, and i never seen a happier wee man in my life. And I'll tell you, he impacted me in those early days whenever I gave my life to the Lord because he was so happy, so welcoming, so inviting. 
And when you talk to him, he would bounce and he would smile. He's like a wee jack-in-the-box boy. I'm not joking. A big smile on his face. <laughs> and when he'd talk to me, he'd be laughing and he'd be talking. But I tell you what, he made me feel good. And I was only saved and he made me feel I love seeing him. I love meeting him. Do you know why? Because he was anointed to do what he, what he did. He was a real encourager. Just anointed to do it. There are some people you don't want to see. But I tell you, he was someone I did want to see. Amen. Everybody's different in their giftings. Again, Philip the same. He went down, down to Samaria and he did. In Acts chapter 8. Um, I just want to show one more scripture here and we'll close this evening. But you know, I could go through scripture after scripture after scripture. But this scripture here over in Acts chapter 4 is really important because this came after um, the man at the gate beautiful was healed. And then we know the story that the, the, the disciples were threatened and told not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. But you know what? They left and they went and they got in their own company. Thank God there's a company for us. Amen. You know, birds of a feather flock together. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like being around people who believe like you Amen. and love the word like you. Amen. You know, and when you talk on faith, they don't look at you weird. You know what, it's great when you can get around people and you can quote the word and you know what, and you can, you can talk about the things of God and they don't look at you strange and you can say all things are possible and they agree with you. That's your company. Thank God for your company. They went to their company and they began to pray. They've been threatened, but what did they do? They began to pray. And the Bible says when they began to pray, they started to magnify God. They didn't magnify the problem, they magnified God. And I find the more you magnify God, the less your pro the smaller your problems get, and the bigger your God gets. Amen? Amen. God gets bigger in your eyes. Amen. He becomes bigger to you. God can't get bigger, but He can become bigger to you. And when you magnify Him, He just gets bigger and bigger and bigger in your life. And that's what they've done here. But look at what's said here in verse um, twenty nine. And then they dealt with the issue that they that they were facing. You read the chapter, you'll see they prayed. They, they, they magnified God and then they get down to the issue you know what we just don't go before God moaning and complaining you can be facing real issues but you know what it's like if you're facing a financial thing why not go in and say God you're the God that feeds 5,000 with loaves and fish magnify God first and then say oh God I'm dealing with something but you know what it's no big deal to you because you, what you all things are possible this is what they've done. Look at this here. Now, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Look at this. And this is talking to God. By stretching forth your hand, God, to heal. Now, this is key here. Look, they're saying, God, you stretch forth your hand to heal. Okay? And that signs and wonders may be done. By the name of the Holy Child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake the word with boldness. But it says here in chapter 5. Look at this. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders done. Okay. Back there in verse um, chapter 4 and verses 29. And 30, verse 30, it says, God, you stretch forth your hand to heal. But how did God stretch forth his hand to heal? Yeah. And by the hands of the apostles. Amen. 
See, we have to see when we put our hand forth, God's putting his hand forth because he's in us. Amen. Do you see what they're saying is, God, we need you. It's not our ability. God, we can't do it. You do it through us. That's what they're praying. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. You see, they were already filled, but they were refilled again. And what they're saying is, God, we're not, we can't do this, God. We need you. And that's where we need to be. God, don't be so... Don't be so dependent where you're saying, God, you do it. But don't be so independent where you're saying, God, I'm going to do it. No, say, God, do it through me. God, I need you. Stay dependent on him. Rely on him every day. Amen? It's a partnership. It's not God on his own, and it's not you on your own. It's God working through you.